to the Michigan Murders. I'm Laura. And I'm Stephanie. Oh, I have to show you. I have my Golden Girls mug this morning. (laughs) That says Squad Goals. I got a new coffee machine. I just have to set everything up. What kind is it? (laughs) It's a Keurig, but it's a double-sided one. Because I can never make up my mind. Like, I'll do, I'll do, like, cured pods for a while, and mm-hmm. then I'll want, like, an actual, like, pot of coffee. And I don't want to have, like, 50 machines on there. Yeah. And then I'll want a pot of coffee for a really long time. And then all of a sudden, I won't want that anymore. I'll want, like, a single cup. I'm like, what I did is, it was time for me to get a new machine anyways, so Keurig has this one that I was able to find at Walmart that is a duo. So on one half, it actually has a pot. The other side, you can do like single curing pods. Nice. So you can choose. I'm like, that's better for someone like me. Yeah. <laughs> make up her stinking mind. <laughs> it's also useful if you have people in the house where like some people want a cup of coffee, some people want like tea or maybe they're decaf. Right. Mine is one of the ones with the frother on the one side. Ooh. So I have, and I also bought, um, like, the filter. They're like filter pods where you just can clean those out. Mm-hmm. So I'll freshly grind coffee sometimes, and sometimes I'll just use a pre-done pod thing. Mm-hmm. And then you can make cappuccinos or lattes with it, with the frother side. And I love it. I get all fancy. I get all the syrups and stuff. And I've bought espresso, too, which now that I have a a grinder, which I didn't have before, I was just buying like the pre-ground pot of it, like the little tin. Now I can get fancy and I can grind my own beans, too. Well, I need to get it set up because I have a mug obsession. Oh, me too. And so I have (laughs) mugs. As you can see by my (laughs) Golden Girls edition. I have mugs for the major holidays. So, I have Halloween mugs that say, like, screaming sugar and (laughs) all kinds of stuff. And then I've got, like, a fall one that's just, um, it's leaves, like, impo, like, it's really pretty. And I have, like, Christmas ones. I'm like, I just need to get festive again. Yeah, I've had to get rid of a lot of mugs because I had too many. That part. I need to go through and decide which ones because I bought a bunch in Japan. So I don't want to get rid of them. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, now they mean something. <laughs> what if you have like a mug shelf? I do. But the problem is, is that we don't have very many shelves in our kitchen. No, I mean, like you, you buy a shelf to put on the oh, wall yeah. specifically just for mugs. That would probably be a good idea. I think I'm just going to uh, put some of them away in storage. Because I know me. I'm not going to. I already got rid of one, a bunch. And I got to the point where I got rid of the ones that I could part with and everything else. Like, I couldn't. And I'm like, I'm just going to at least put some of them away then. Yeah. Or display them. You can switch them out seasonally, so when it's fall, all your fall ones are on the shelf. Mm -hmm. 
in Christmas. It's those ones. And then right. when you're done with them for the season, they get put away. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about doing. Just switching them out. That's funny. That's funny that we both have mug obsessions. And I've been told by my husband to stop. He's like, please stop buying mugs. But I was like, but look at this one, though. <laughs> I have I have mugs and candles. Those are like, that's it. That's like my thing. Mugs and candles. Yeah. Yes, my ex used to get so frustrated and come home with a new mug. And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, <laughs> but you don't see, like, there's this. And he's like. You have 50 mugs. And I'm like, well, now we have 51. So. Yeah. I have an issue here. There was one lady. Oh, it was like TikTok forever ago. Like back when I first got on it, I think. Uh, it was this lady's daughter. That was like how her husband would complain about all of the mugs. She, she literally collected them. She had a bunch. And so her... Um, they had gotten divorced and she got remarried to this guy and she was all impressed with her stepdad because he built her a mug wall. It had like the, all these cubes going up from the floor all the way to the ceiling. So he built oh, no. her a special wall so she could display all of her mugs. And I was like, that is the best. <laughs> That's love. That is love. That's he love. built her a mug wall. That's, that's cute. That's supporting someone's interests. <laughs> that part. The extreme. That's the best. It's like, I don't have very many interests, okay? Let me keep the ones I have. Right? I like my quirky mugs. <laughs> I, I want I want to use them often, like, even though they don't fit on the shelf that I have. Like, I have a cactus mug that says, don't be a prick. Okay. Oh, no, I don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> no, no, you need that. <laughs> like, are you a joke? Like, <laughs> that one gets kept. Thank you very much. Yeah, I need that. <laughs> I should build myself a mug wall in my office. I'll just build it myself. I found some brackets on Amazon. I can, I have a planer. I can make my own. Like, I have a mug that says, have a nice day. And when you tip it to take a drink, there's a middle finger on the bottom yeah. flipping you off. I have that I same one. I get rid of these mugs. Actually, I think we have a couple that are the same because I have that Probably. one. And then there's the greenish, what's it, like a turquoise color? Something, oh, I forget what it says. I, have, I do have a turquoise colored one. I have too many. Um, it's the one about, like, I can't help what my face does when you talk or some, yes. somewhere along those lines. Yep. I forget yep. the exact wording. Yes, I think it um, was. Yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you because I posted a picture of it on Instagram. I had a Wonder Woman one. I have like a whole bunch of Star Wars ones because my yep. see my friend when I uh, house sat and watched after her kittens like in Japan. She ended up buying me a box set of Star Wars mugs. That's awesome. I mean, come on now. I got a camera. <laughs> I've got one that's polka dotted and it says, uh, too many things to do, not enough minions to do them for me. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I 
I just imagine being an old lady and somebody comes over for coffee and I hand them a quirky mug. That's all I want in my life. It's like, okay, so what do you want yours to say? (laughs) What kind of mood are you in? Yeah, I also have Wonder Woman and Harry Potter and Star Wars and Doctor Who. And I have this one with tacos on it. (laughs) So talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, I think it says let's talk about it is what it says. And it's adorable. And I had to buy it. You had to. Can't not. Every time I go to the store, I look at the mugs and then I go, literally, there's no room on the shelf. Like You need a mug shelf and that will solve your I problems. <laughs> I do. Like a whole mug wall. Yeah. And I would be so happy. It's my dream. A library and a mug and a mug wall. Oh, yeah. The two things I need in a house. Yep. If we ever build our, like, my office outside... Like I was talking about, which would also be like slash guest house, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I My office would definitely have a library wall with places for my mugs. Yes. Like I want a hidden library where it's like you, you move a bookshelf or whatever and then you go inside of it and it's a big library with like a little, uh, uh, like a leather chair or something for you to oh, sit yeah. in, read in, like a reading nook, all this stuff. I just need a, I need a library. Yeah. And then... I need a display for all my mugs with room to grow. Yeah. That's all I want. That's rich. That's rich people dreams. If you are rich yeah. and you do not have a hidden library, you're doing it wrong. That's all I'm going to say. Exactly. All of my exactly. Sims. I would build houses just to put in a specific hidden library room. Mm-hmm. It's the dream. <laughs> Other than the, uh, the beauty and the beast <laughs> library. Right. That part. Hidden or Beauty and the Beast style. You know, life goals. Right. Of course, I I probably could convince my husband to make a hidden room at some point. Uh, Well, if our house is bigger. But he would also be like, this is a gun room. And I'd be like, or. (laughs) Hear me out. Library. Yeah. <laughs> or, or it can be a hidden library, and then you go through the hidden library to the hidden gun room. You can build that later, honey. This is, we're it, building my library now. Yeah. Like, tell you what, let's dig a big hole and do a um, prepper style library gun room. <laughs> Let's not keep food down there, supplies. It's it's my special library dungeon. <laughs> Ooh, a library dungeon. That sounds Ooh, weirdly that sexual. Area. I don't know if I want to call it a dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> the red room of... Red what? room of the... reading. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the red room of Stephen King or something like that, but no. that's even better. Red room of reading. Then I just want to go like a reading rainbow, and then that's just taking it beyond. It's what happens every time you open the door. You hear reading rainbow. Yeah, and it's just a red room of books, and then somebody would be like, I'm confused. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, well, I think I go first this time. Yep. Yeah. Um, this isn't a long one. But it is an infuriating one. 
The case um, that triggered the violent predator bill is that of Donald Jean Miller. Donald Miller is a graduate in criminal justice from Michigan State University. At 23, Miller confessed to four rape murders, including the murder of his former fiance from 1977 to 1978 in and around East Lansing, Michigan. He was arrested while attempting his fifth rape murder. In exchange... uh, Right off the gate, getting mad. Oh, no. In exchange for leading prosecutors to the body of his four victims, the charges against him were reduced to manslaughter. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, he was... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In 1979, Miller got a 10 to 15 year sentence after pleading guilty to a count of manslaughter in connection with the slaying of one of the women. What? He was also one. He's a serial killer. And then they go, you can go free in 10 years. Mm -hmm. Probably earlier Mm -hmm. with good behavior. Mm hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but he was also given a 30 to 50 year sentence after pleading guilty to raping a 14 year old girl <gasps> and attempting to kill her brother. Oh. So they couldn't get him on the manslaughter, but they're like, let's up the charges on the other one. Wow. Yes. Miller was suspected of killing three other women in 77 and 78, obviously, because he confessed to it and hiding their bodies. But prosecutors never had enough evidence to charge him with the additional murders and couldn't find the bodies. In return for his plea bargain sentence, he led the investigators to the bodies of the three other women that he had killed. Wow. So it's like you don't have, hold on, so it's like you don't have evidence. Uh, Other than just him saying. Yeah, give me a plea and then I will actually lead you to them and you can't charge me for those. Like, uh, system is so ugh. yeah miller had served the maximum amount of present time required under the state's old laws and could not have been denied parole the only way to keep miller incarcerated and this was in 94 the only way to keep miller incarcerated was to have the prison warden take the unusual step of revoking his good time credits or, as happened, convict him of another crime. Okay. They were trying at this point. Because they don't want him out on the streets. Oh, well, I would hope not. Well, I mean, you shouldn't he's... have given him a freaking manslaughter charge. Yeah, he's a serial killer. And you're just like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Miller was convicted and handed an additional 20 to 40 year prison term based on an incident in 1994. Guards then said they had found what they described as a cord-like device in his cell that could have been used to strangle someone. Prosecutors and victims' rights advocates used this incident to keep him behind bars. Okay. The leader of the campaign... (laughs) Yeah. The leader of the campaign to keep Miller in prison was Sue Young, the mother of one of Miller's victims. She has pushed for the violent predator bill. And has said, I don't think our founding fathers meant to have serial killers out walking our streets. Yeah. Her daughter, Martha Sue Young, was Miller's first victim. 
Martha, Sue Young, and Miller had once dated. And Sue Young said Miller was a quote-unquote friend of the family frequently at the Young home and even attending the same church. But please do not call him a gentleman or say he is a Christian, she said. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Zinger. <laughs> <laughs> Miller uh, went in front of the parole board in April of this year. Because, see, he was supposed to get out in 2018 as well. Oh. But apparently that didn't happen. Because he also went in front of the parole board in April of this year. And while it typically takes the board 30 days to review a case, it took two months for the state to deny his parole for the ninth time. <laughs> and uh, back in February, another woman reported to police that she had been assaulted by Miller. And the state police are investigating it and releasing very few details. Yeah. He is expected to be released in 2031 when he is 75. Mm. Yeah. Is it bad karma for me to hope something happens to him in prison so he can't get out? Yeah. I mean, all he's got to do is throw a punch at an officer and then you get They more try time. to say, like, during his um, sentencing and everything with the first, that he was mentally ill. But you can't use that excuse on everybody. No. And the first thing I said after the case that triggered it was Donald Miller is a graduate in criminal justice mm -hmm. from Michigan State. Of course, he's going to plead insanity. Yeah. Of course, he's going to claim that he's mentally ill. Yeah. He's a graduate in criminal justice. Like, are you... He knows his way around it. Like, are you joking? Ah. That's... Yeah. Hmm. I was stressed reading that he was supposed to get out in 2018 at first. Yeah. And I started like looking around and I'm like, please tell me he's still in there. And then I found the other article that said, yeah, that he, thank God. That's yeah. I, mm. <laughs> I don't even know what to say mm -hmm. about that one. So they're looking at another charge, which would have been from, I don't know. The when 70s. He, yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. I don't know if they could still prosecute that. I don't know. That I'm not quite sure. But at least they're looking into it. And maybe. Yeah, it depends on what they're going to try and charge him with. Yeah, that could be. If it was rape, with the way we are in this country, it's going to be past the statute of limitations, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if it's like a kidnapping charge. Or attempted murder. I don't know. Because he would have technically held her against her will. And I don't know if that has a statute of limitations. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Weirdly, um, mine also includes an insanity thing. Oh, of course. Um, actually, this is uh, my hometown from 1998. So I would have been in like eighth grade going into ninth when it happened. And it was it was a big deal at the time because like murders usually don't just happen around here. Like it's, it's no, <laughs> it's pretty rare that something happens. So when it does, it's like big deal. We have more oh, yeah. drunk drivers and that kind of thing than anything else. I think. Right. Um. So on 
July 23rd, 1998, in Sault Ste. Marie and surrounding areas, residents were shocked to hear of a murder and everyone was on edge. Employee Nathan Hanna walked into the Sioux Evening News, a local newspaper, with a 12-gauge shotgun. Excuse me. My throat's deciding to... He walked past other employees into Anthony Gillespie's office and shot him twice. Hanna was a route driver for the paper, and when he first walked by Richard Beadle making small talk, he didn't notice anything was off. So I, I don't know, just like... You walk, you walk into a place with a shotgun, then nobody really thought much of it. <laughs> right. You seem like, here, let me show you my gun. <laughs> like I said, like, n- that doesn't happen around here. Nobody, like, just walks in and shoots somebody. That never happens, right. except for, obviously, in this case. Um, so Beetle didn't notice anything was off, and then a shot was heard. Beetle saw Hannah raise the gun a second time and saw Gillespie shot in the face. Receptionist Diane Glass said, I first heard shots go off and I looked up and saw body parts flying through the air. I was terrified. After the gunshots, Hannah looked at Beetle and another employee and then walked out of the building. What in the world? Yeah, can you imagine? He shoots someone in front of you and then just looks at you and leaves. So this was followed by three days of searching for Hannah by local police. And at the time, we were all basically on lockdown, like no matter where you were, because they kind of knew he had to still be in the area. But there's a lot of woods. He could basically walk to wherever and not really be seen by people because you could, you know, walk through the woods the whole time. So. Even as far as, like, my house, my my mom was like, you know, keep the door locked. Don't go out. Don't go anywhere. We still haven't found this guy. He was finally found located on Bakerside Road, where he was walking and carrying a gun. He was ordered to stop by police. However, he raised the gun and fired at the police. (coughs) Officers returned fire, hitting Hannah in his chest, shoulder, and leg. Hannah was then taken to War Memorial Hospital, where he underwent a seven-hour-long surgery. And while in the hospital, he confessed to killing Gillespie, which, I mean, wasn't really required because people literally saw him do it. Hannah's attorney attempted to have the confession thrown out due to his physical and mental condition while in the hospital. He was deprived of counsel and because he wasn't properly read his rights. And like I said, people saw him do it. It, that, it wasn't, a confession wasn't necessary. <laughs> it wasn't a question of whether or not he had done it. We, we know he did it, lady. Yeah, like, you had just multiple people watched you do it and then watched you walk out. Like, this was not a surprise that he did it. Like, everyone knew. Um, however, prosecution charged Hannah with first degree murder. The judge gave the jury options under open murder charge, which meant there were six options. Not guilty, first degree murder, second degree murder, guilty but mentally ill, not guilty but insane, and manslaughter. Hannah's lawyer agreed he committed the murder, duh, and wanted the charge of not guilty but insane, as she believes- See, this lawyer is irritating. I'm sorry, I had to cut you off. That lawyer, like, well, you agree, well, of course you agree. It doesn't matter if you agree, you idiot, because see- (laughs) 
he was seen doing it. Yeah, it's like, not like there you... were. It's not like there were no witnesses, and they were like, "This guy did it," and then he was missing for three days. Like, like what aren't you grasping here? <laughs> they know he did it. Yeah. That, that's that's factual at this point. Yeah, <laughs> there's no question. Oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, like I said. <laughs> so. Um, she wanted the charge of not guilty, but insane as she believed he met the criteria because every mental health professional Hannah came into contact with said he was not competent to stand trial. Uh, fun fact, the insanity defense, according to the the book I was reading, is used in less than 1% of all murder cases with only a quarter of those being successful. And that's because the definition varies. The statutes are confusing. And regular people on juries would have to make that decision. And, I mean, also nobody can really agree on what the term insanity means in a murder trial. In this case, insanity is whether the person knows right from wrong. Somebody could do something illegal, but not know it's morally wrong, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, So someone could, like in Hannah's case... The court decided he could tell the difference between right and wrong, even though his speech was delusional. And prosecutors argued that hiding after the fact proved that he knew he did something wrong. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll get into, yeah. (laughs) His reason for this is, I I think, fits under insanity. Um, But the trial began July 25th, 1999, one year and two days after the murder and lasted three days. In Hannah's testimony, he did not follow his Fifth Amendment right in this one, probably to prove how nuts he was at that point. He believed Gillespie to be the Antichrist and was told to kill Gillespie to save the world. Okay. (laughs) It's obviously delusional. Obviously, but... Either that or really just pushing it in. Trying to... Well, during the trial, he had this, like, weird rambling, Mm. yeah, it it was, something was definitely off, but despite Hannah's testimony and that of psychiatric professionals, after five hours, the jury convicted Hannah with guilty but mentally ill as a compromise between guilty and not guilty but insane. Right. Right. Some felt the jury wanted to convict in a way to ensure Hannah would not be set free and be a danger to others. Hannah was sentenced to life without parole and was confined to a psychiatric prison. Hannah's attorney had wanted the insanity conviction because with insanity, Hannah could have been released on full recovery. So that would mean like after a while in there, he gets on the right meds. He stops having the delusions. He could be let go at that point. So that's why she wanted that one. The judge said the jury had the right to reject expert opinions about Hannah's sanity and the evaluations that Hannah was not fit to stand trial. At Hannah's sentencing, he said, I'd like to say I'm sorry to the Gillespie family. I regret there's nothing that can be changed. That is all I have to say. So that's after, I don't know if they put him on meds at that point. (laughs) from, From him going from like, He's the Antichrist. I had to kill him, too. I'm sorry I, I did that. So, Right. Um, Hannah appealed multiple times until U.S. District Court Judge Robert Holmes Bell ordered a retrial, 
ruling there had been prejudicial comments included in the original case and that Hannah's confession to the crime should not have been admitted as admitted as evidence. So his lawyer was correct at the time when she said that that should not right. have been included. Which which I will agree with that. Yeah, he wasn't properly Mirandized. He didn't have he wasn't given the option of his attorney to be there before he spoke. Like yes. Yeah. True. But he did it. Like yeah. there's not yeah. like <laughs> They didn't. They don't need the confession, basically. Yeah, when you have witnesses, it, you don't really need a confession. It just helps. Mm-hmm. Um, a second trial was held during the summer of two thousand nine in the Chippewa County Courthouse. On July first, two thousand nine, Hannah was again sentenced to life in prison after the second jury found him guilty but mentally ill, after hearing all the testimony. And Hannah died in July, two thousand eleven after nearly 13 years behind bars when he passed away due to pancreatic cancer at the age of 52. And weird facts, my husband played with his kids. <laughs> like back before that happened, his played mom was his like, kids. his mom was like, you're going on a play date. You're going to play with. Yeah. So him and his sister played with his kids when they were younger, like before that happened. And, uh, Oh my goodness. His kids actually, testified during his trial saying he wasn't i want to say it was basically against him that they didn't notice anything was off and then so his lawyer was like no no (laughs) yeah don't don't listen to them they they're prejudicial they didn't notice like yeah that's probably yeah like the quote that, from, that's my point. <laughs> yeah, the quote from the book, Gillespie's three children who had contact with Hannah said Hannah was not mentally disturbed. So That's my point. I think it was all just like a show to try and get off. But like He was probably mad for some reason. Because that's my that was that's always my first thought. It's because I hear <laughs> so many like obviously there aren't as many cases that plead insanity but i hear about them a lot Mm. and my point is is there's a lot of people that dial it up and if you've got people that are living with this person day in and day out and they're like i'm not seeing any insanity i guess i mean a person could keep that under wraps i suppose to an extent i mean but then they wouldn't really be insane would they they would just be controlling their anger but I also don't know if, like, he was living with them at the time. Mm. I, I wasn't able to find his marital status, like, if he was still married and mm. living with his kids, or if it was one of those they saw him occasionally. Because right. then it would be easier to hide because you're not seeing yeah. him all the time. True. Mm. Yeah. So he was 39 when he was convicted and then died at 52. Now, if my guy can only get... <laughs> just a little bit, t- just a touch of cancer. No, you do not. <laughs> no, no, need done, knock on wood. <laughs> knock on wood. I don't. I don't want to be responsible for that karma. No, no, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> we do not want him out in twenty thirty one. That is all I am saying. No, I don't trust it. And when you look at the pictures of the guy, you're like, you just see the Ugh. terrible in his eyes. 
don't know. I, you almost think that anybody that does that kind of thing has to be like at least a little bit insane to just think, yes, this is a good idea. I'm going through with this or I like this type of thing. And then, yeah, but that's still not the insanity plea doesn't work. Right. <laughs> Even in those cases. Like you done did it. We need to put you away because we can't just kill people anymore. <laughs> right. Nobody gets stoned to death. Alright, so do you have a hell yes for this week? Um. Oh, I just got a new... Okay. I've got to set it up, but I'm super excited. I got a new, um, like, CD player. <laughs> CD player? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I haven't had one in forever, and I have all these CDs that I burned back in the LimeWire days. Oh, wow. <laughs> Don't arrest me. <laughs> back in the day and I want to know what's on these CDs like I, I want to know and I was going to get a boombox but like for $5 more I could get a blue one a bluetooth one with detachable speakers and all oh, nice. like I'll just pay $5 more and get the fancy one yeah so I'm excited to see soon what's all on my old CD <laughs> On these Stephanie jams from the early 2000s. Oh, no. I'm like. Is that really what it's called? Like, there's there's stuff that's like, oh, S-Unit. Oh, my God. It was so, like, me and my friend, like, Jamie, it was the S&J unit. That's One funny. of the. I have an old 50 Cent CD. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> that's awesome. So I am definitely pondering, like, setting it up on my bookshelves, just, like, sitting down and trying to figure out what's all on it one night. That's amazing. You'll have to get the Shazam app out just so you can remember, like, exact names and artists for some of them, exactly. maybe. Uh, I, I discovered that on a lot of my old CDs that I had found like that before, I actually wrote down... Every song that was burned on them. <laughs> oh, goodness. See, you're more organized than me. I apparently was very organized as a teen, also using LimeWire. Don't arrest me either. <laughs> Listen, I had dial-up, and I was downloading songs. So if that you understand part, how yes. long that took, I paid for it with my oh time. Oh, my God. And I probably rebought a lot of those songs later. Like, Plus Mom, that. don't disrupt the internet. Don't pick yeah. up the phone. It's going to take like two hours for this song to download. Well, nobody would be home and someone would call and even the calling would boot us off. Like you didn't even have to answer. Just someone called. Oh, no. And it would boot us off the internet. So that would stop the downloading and of course be like, no. (laughs) I wanted one song and it took so long. Of course, you know, that was back in the day before. Oh, we didn't even have gigabytes yet. <laughs> like, a gigabyte wasn't a thing that we had <laughs> no. for personal computers. No. And when they did come out, they were really friggin' expensive. Where all the flash drives. <laughs> I bought a one gig stick and it cost me $50. <laughs> Floppy disks. Oh, yeah. Should I do it? I don't even know if I have a hell yes for this week. Other than my Golden Girls mug. I don't. It is a great mug. 
I don't really have any plans. So I guess that could that could be it. So yeah. I was gone the past two weekends. And then there's this weekend where Friday night I had to go do something. Last night I had to go do something. And I'm like, can I please just... I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to stay home. Like, I work this afternoon, but I'm going to have a lot of days off. So we can actually, like, at night, start watching our Halloween movies. Yay! <laughs> Scary movie marathon! <laughs> I'm excited. I don't have to watch them alone and just be petrified. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I might have to... Well, I don't know what's on... There's a streaming service for horror movies called Shudder. Mm-hmm. But they don't... They don't look like they're, like, good quality horror movies. They look like B-movies. Mm. So I don't... I don't know. And I still can't watch zombie movies. I think it's the gore and the being ripped apart stuff that I'm like, no, no, thank mm-hmm. you. Which is why I can watch Zombieland, because it's humor. <laughs> right. <laughs> and in comparison, very little zombies. With, the, you know, the whole movie in general. Like, actual True. zombie attacks are pretty low. Yeah. You're not wrong. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay safe out there and watch out for the crazies. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. The music titled Teller of the Tales was provided by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incomtech.filmmusic.io.